All right, everyone, welcome to another podcast, episode three of uh, Two Minutes to Life. I'm Adam, and I'm here with Tanner. Um, something fun happened to me this week. So I'm currently in a cut, so I've been getting pretty low calories, which has been really fun. Um, but yesterday, I decided to go to this barbecue joint, and I made a pretty bad mistake. I decided just to get a full meal. And the the meals I've been getting have been around 500 calories, at most 700 calories, just the daily meals I've been getting during my cut and planning out. And this meal was easily 1,200 plus. <laughs> I just decided to go for it. And I haven't done it during my cut. I've been pretty good during my cut. Even when I went out to eat, I've been aiming for that 500 or so. But this one, yeah, I didn't. I decided just to go for it. And so I ate it, and I felt pretty full. Uh, but afterwards, I went to the gym, and I decided to deadlift. And I've never felt like throwing up, like while working out. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt like throwing up, and I felt horrible. I felt disgusting, and lifting just was bad. So that's my my lesson from the week, I guess. It's just. <laughs> live to your cut and then, then i heard i i've heard about studies that they're like oh if you have a cheat day it actually helps your cut because then uh it's tough and i've looked into it and honestly it's better just to stay with your cut <laughs> you know just stay with it well what did you eat so, did you eat like mac and cheese or what what did you eat at this barbecue joint did you get like beans or something what was it it was a uh, pulled pork sandwich with a bunch of fries and they were greasy crap <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> they were good, but they made me feel really gross, and yeah. so I'm I'm not gonna do that again. Lesson well, learned. The the pulled pork it was on like was it like a thick bun? Was it like a pretty good amount of gluten? It was it was a decent yeah a decent a bun. Slutty burger. <laughs> I you know honestly I should have just cut the fries and I probably would have been so much off better off, but I decided just to say screw it and uh, yeah. I screwed myself. <laughs> well, trying to eat a lot before a lift session isn't always optimal, obviously. You can eat a, like a bit just to carb load. Before. It's always good to have carbs and fats before a workout because it's what your body uses for energy production first, and it utilizes protein last for energy production. But to overload on carbs before a workout, you're definitely like, all right, it's time for night night. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It, but... Um, there's there's a lot of studies that show that it is good to have a, a cheat day just because it spikes your insulin levels just a bit throughout the week, just one time, and it will kind of like restart the metabolism. So if you've got if you're religious about your diet, you're doing really, really well, like it's good to have a little bit of a cheat day, but don't go like so hard that it like obviously puts you to sleep. But you're probably gonna be fine if it's probably not gonna be too bad for you. No, sure. Yeah, the studies I looked at afterwards, because I was curious, because I've always heard it, I'm like, is it legit? Do the cheat days help? Mm -hmm. And so for, for those people, from what I've read, those people with those cravings and, like, you're dying when you're on that diet, those cheat days do provide, like, tremendous support because they give you the levels that you need to, uh, you know, continue your diet throughout the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. But basically from what I read, uh, if you could stick it to it and not do those cheat days, it is really beneficial. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like staying consistent with working out and whatnot. So long as you obviously, the more you do it, the easier and the better it gets. Uh, same thing with like intermittent fasting. Like the hardest the hardest part about intermittent fasting is the first day. I guess first and maybe second day is like you're not eating till like. For some people, they get a really small condensed feeding window. For like me, I was like a four hour feeding window. And to wait till 6 p.m. or like 5 p.m. to eat the first day was absolute hell. I was like, I want to break everything. And then like second day, I was like, gets to like one in the afternoon. I'm like, okay, I'm a little hungry, but it's not that bad. And then the third day, I was like, I can do this, no problem. Like, easy peasy. Um, but then I expanded my feeding window. And now I'm like, got like an eight-hour feeding window. Just because I'm trying to bulk back up, trying to put weight back on. Is Isn't an eight-hour feeding window normal for intermittent fasting? For a what? For the intermittent fasting. Isn't eight hours the 
kind of norm for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going hard, dude. I was like, I just, because like, um, I think it's David Sinclair who talks a lot about it and how it increases NAD in the in your body, which NAD is directly linked to your internal age. And so if you can fast for like three days, it will just spike your NAD levels and you just reverse age apparently, which is really cool. I, however, was not going to do a three-day fast. Like, I've done 24 hours before, and I was like, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> I don't want this. So I was like, let's just try four-hour feeding window, and let's just try with that. And just to see what it was like. And first day was hard. Second day was kind of hard. Third day and every day after that for, like, months, it was, like, really easy. But my whole problem was getting my protein intake in that four hours, so I expanded it to eight hours. Some people do, like, a 10-hour feeding window. Uh, I don't really feel like you're fasting with like 14 hours of not eating and then you're, you know, feasting for 10 hours, whatever. Yeah, but, it's not too hard. Yeah, that's not difficult. That's like skipping breakfast, which is fine. It works for some people. It's great. But I'm not trying to lose weight now. I'm trying to put weight back on. So, but yeah, getting your, getting your carb overload from the barbecue Probably, you don't know. Maybe did some good for you. You never know. You never know. It was know. definitely a lesson. I mean, yeah. I don't want to do that again, but. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's know. it's interesting because, uh, you know, like normally I could eat a meal like that. No problem. Mm -hmm. Like several meals like that, maybe. But I've just accustomed so much to my cut, you know, these, these small meals that when I mm -hmm. actually overdo it, kills me you know I yeah. feel like trash well eating a lot like that before a workout i feel like eating even a lot of meat before a workout that's what i did yesterday is before my workout yesterday i ate one of my meal preps which i shouldn't have done because there's a there's a whole pound of beef in a single one of my meal preps um which is a lot of beef and but i was like yo i'm gonna go work out whatever get some protein in and like i started getting like mad acid reflux in the gym i was like Ugh this is uncomfortable, like this isn't right. And so, cause typically I'll do like oatmeal or oatmeal with peanut butter and then like blueberries or something like that before, like two hours before I go to the gym, just for like that perfect amount of carbs and some fats and then a little bit of protein. It's like my optimal pre-gym meal two hours beforehand. It's like my go-to for the last like year and a half. But yesterday I was like really hungry. I was like, let's just do a meal prep. And then I was like, this isn't, this isn't optimal. I'm not doing that again. But I couldn't imagine, like, a whole barbecue, like, you shit in your pants, bro. <laughs> Trying to I mean, it it kind of goes back to the, you know, the discussion we had last episode was just, it, it was pleasurable in that moment. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. Long term, it wasn't nice. It was painful. Input, output. Input, uh -huh. output. Input, oh, back out. <laughs> That's funny. That's good though. Um, pull this up real quick. Didn't we get a? I feel like we got. Yeah. We had a question this last week. Somebody. Let's pull that up real quick. See what they want. Yeah. Here. Let's see. We got a question. So let's. We're gonna answer it on here. So. Here's how the question goes. Uh, I had a question. I work in the extremely hot weather and I drink around two gallons a day referring to water. Is that too much? There's multiple ways we can answer this. <laughs> um, it, it's all it, two gallons. If you're working outside um, is probably optimal. Uh, and it also depends on your body, how, how much you like relieve yourself of the water that you're taking in and how much salt. Um, so according to Harvard, the recommended intake of water for men is at least 15 cups of water a day. And that's just one gallon. That's a little under one gallon. And then for women, it's 11 cups of water. So that's a little over half a gallon. But that's like minimal. That's like the least amount. For somebody like me, I have hyperhidrosis. So I sweat a ton. I'm just constantly sweating. So on average, I try to drink at least two gallons of water a day. Um, according to Penn Medicine, Penn State, I think it was, um, your water intake should be half an ounce to an ounce of water per pound of body weight. So if I'm 200 pounds, I should be getting optimally 200 ounces of water, which is a little over one and a half gallons of water. But 
and that's just optimal performance. But because I sweat so much, and I don't, I don't live a sedentary lifestyle, and this guy probably, I mean, he's working outside all day, he doesn't live a sedentary lifestyle either. Um, I'd say two gallons is fine, that's great. So long as you're getting your salt. If you don't get your salt, you will end up getting really, really dehydrated. Salt helps your body absorb that water, because obviously when you sweat, you're losing a ton of salt. Um, as for what salt you should take, I always recommend either Himalayan or sea salt. I prefer sea salt just because of the trace minerals. Himalayan, there are trace minerals, but for me, it's just, I don't know. Like I, I used to, pre-gym, I take a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, and I switched it up taking a, like Himalayan salt, and it just doesn't, doesn't do as well. So just as, if you're drinking two gallons of water, make sure you're getting your salt in as well. Just a little bit of salt in the day. So, but yeah, that's that's good. Two gallons. I mean, it's perfect if you're outside all the time and if you sweat a lot and if you pee a lot. So. Yeah, I think it just depends on your life. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, when I was living in Brazil, I would drink probably well over that because just it just be over 100 degrees. I'd be walking all day long. Mm -hmm. So, as and, long as you're drinking it throughout the day, you know, getting your electrolytes in, not drinking it all in one sitting, I mean, you won't overdo your kidneys or anything like that, and mm -hmm. you'll be good. Yeah. And, I mean, how, how much did you weigh when you were in Brazil? Probably 150. 150, yeah. See, like, you would have yeah. technically been over your amount that's recommended, but it's still, like, optimal because it kept you alive. Because you do lose a lot when you're out in the sun and you're, like, in the heat moving around. But as per a sedentary lifestyle, it's at least 15 cups for men and 11 cups for women. That's just if you're not doing anything. You're just chilling. Um, some people think that they can negate that for juice or coffee. It's not the fact. It's not, but it's not optimal. It's terrible. Yeah, that's an important thing to know is just, you know, when they say drink a gallon a day, that's just water, you know. That's that's not mixing your water with anything else. That's just water. Yeah. You got to drink on top of everything else you're drinking. Yeah, yeah, because, like, coffee will, it's a diuretic, um, so it will dehydrate you. It will make you relieve yourself. Because, um, like, there was a time when I was drinking probably four to eight probably like eight cups of coffee a day. Now I'm down to like two to four a day. And it does dehydrate you. It, it like curbs your hungers, curbs your thirst a little bit. But you still have to be getting your water in. I had a funny story I wanted to share with you. Because um, I've been looking up a bunch of studies. Well, Adam and I have been sending, we've been sending a ton of different studies back and forth to each other. Um, and so I used to take this pre-workout. It's called Nitroflex. And when I was on it, I was putting on an insane amount of weight, like an amazing amount of muscle, like an amazing amount of muscle. But there was a lot of other things that I noticed. So my ability to heal was like exponentially faster. So I would get a cut and it would be gone the next day. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I feel like Wolverine, you know, it's cool. And it had a natural test booster in it, um, which was boron. And the recommended daily intake of boron is three to six milligrams. That's it. Just three to six, okay? And I was looking at the study on boron, and it's like this super trace mineral. It's like the trace mineral of all trace minerals. Um, and I'm just going to read some of the benefits of boron really quick. So... Um, the trace mineral of boron is a, this is from the National Library of Medicine. Uh, very reliable source. They have a ton of studies. You can go there and find a bunch of different studies on literally anything you want. Um, but I'll read this really quick. So boron has been proven, uh, proven to be an important trace mineral because number one, it is essential for the growth and maintenance of bone. Two, greatly improves wound healing. Three, beneficially impacts the body's use of estrogen, testosterone, and vitamin D. Four, boosts magnesium absorption. Five, reduces levels of inflammatory biomarkers, such as high-sensitivity C-reactive protein and tumor necrosis factor. Six, raises levels of antioxidant enzymes, um, such as superoxidative uh, dismutase and 
Seven, protects against pesticide-induced oxidative, oxidative stress and heavy metal toxicity. And then eight, improves the brain's electrical activity, cognitive performance, and short-term memory. And then nine, influences the formation and activity of key biomolecules such as uh, SAMe and NAD+, which are both linked to your internal age. I didn't know this. I had no clue that, bio, that boron was like this incredible. So this is the funny thing is like at this time when I was taking Nitroflex, all of my friends thought I was on steroids. Like, dude, you're putting on so much weight so fast. Like I went from 225 on squat to 455 in three months. Like I was moving quickly. I went from, I think it was 65 pounds on each arm incline press to 105 pounds in like four months on each arm. And I was feeling like top of the fucking world. And so I was looking at this, this study this last week about boron. And I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure that pre-workout had boron in it. I'm pretty sure that was the, uh, the natural testosterone booster that it had, okay? So after reading this study, it was like, your recommended daily intake is only three to six milligrams. Don't go over six milligrams. So I pulled out the nutrition label for this Nitroflex. It's got 200 milligrams of boron in it. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, no wonder, holy crap. And so um, I've decided to get back on boron, but at a healthy level. And I guess there's like one milligram in every ounce and a half of raisins. So I'm just eating like three ounces of raisins a day just because I want like the normal level of boron from like a natural source. I want to take some obscene level of boron, but it was cool. It was a great experience, but I won't be doing Did that. Did you look up that. the side effects? Of uh, taking too much? Yeah. Um, I know what the side effects are. So. I, would, I would be like, that explains probably some things. So when I was on it, this is another funny thing. So when I was on that pre-workout, there were negative side effects. So the, I always told people, I'm like, yeah, you should take this, but fair warning, the six hours, so you're gonna take it, and for six hours, you're gonna feel on top of the world. Like, you feel amazing. But after that six hours, your life's hell. Your life sucks. <laughs> like, it's the worst. You're depressed, you're mad at everything. Like, it was the worst. And I had this rule for the time that I was on it. I was like, all right, every argument that I get into, so long as it's within 48 hours of me taking this pre-workout is my fault. So if I get an argument within 48 hours of taking this pre-workout, it's my fault. Just because I knew I was unreasonable while I was on it. Because six hours I felt great. After that, I was like, I just want to die. Like, it was so bad. Like, you were so depressed. And so <laughs> I don't think that that pre-workout anymore. It's great. It was awesome. But I always give people, like, the advice when they do take it. Like, hey, by the way, it makes you a little emotional. <laughs> like, it's great when you're on it. You feel amazing. But then afterwards, you might not feel as great. Not trying to slander anybody or any business. It's an amazing pre-workout. I was on it for like 11 months. <laughs> but then I stopped. I was like, nope, I need to take a break from this. I don't know. Do you take pre-workouts right now? I'm currently taking just the Optimum Nutrition uh, amino acid drinks. Okay. Those, those have been good. amazing. I've been loving those. Yeah. But they don't have a lot of, they barely have anything. They just have sodium and caffeine pretty much. Yeah. Well, and it's like natural caffeine. amino acids, but. Yeah. Um, that's basically your branch chain amino acids. It just completes a bunch of amino acids in the body and gives you a bunch of available um, energy, which is great. Those are really, really good. Uh, I'm currently on a pre-workout. It's hard for me because there's a lot that I want in a pre-workout and 90% of them out there don't have like half the shit that I want in a pre-workout. Like they, they don't have nearly anything. So the pre-workouts that do have everything that I want, they cost like 80 to $90. And I'm like, there's only 20 servings, but I only take half servings. I, I never do full servings of them because the scoop is the size of a protein scoop. Like it's a massive scoop. It's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But so I, I do take pre-workout, but not a lot just because it's hard to, get the ones that I want with everything that I'd like to take, the citrulline, the creatine, the beta alanine, niacin, all of it, like all the good stuff. So. Yeah, but, like don't get me wrong, like caffeine can be great for a workout and stuff, but I think if you could do it without it, I mean, <laughs> caffeine, you could become dependent on it. I mean, I know someone that 
they drink caffeine every they take pre-workout every day before the workout and they're not you know not a light pre-workout like yeah 500 milligrams of caffeine type of deal every day and i'm like <laughs> yeah it's not good the the pre-workout i take right now it's 300 milligrams of serving but i've never done a full scoop i only do half scoops i don't even think i've ever done a three-quarter scoop so i only do about 150 milligrams which if you're taking the optimum nutrition ones i think it's like 120 to like 150 milligrams of caffeine it's not a lot but the nitroflex that i was on that was 380 milligrams that was like let's go that was a rough time like a heart attack oops um, I actually was going to talk about a study that I found uh, about caffeine. Um, so according to the National Institute of Health, um, there is a positive correlation between caffeine usage and testosterone. I was worried about this less last week because I'm drinking coffee and I also take pre-workout in the day. And I was like, I'm wondering if this is like, you know, double dipping in a dangerous thing. But according to the study, there was a positive effect caffeine has on testosterone at about six cups of coffee a day. That's what they had these people, which is a lot of coffee. That's a ton of coffee. That's like, it's too much in my opinion, but that's when they saw like the maximum benefits of, of caffeine to testosterone, but we'll post that later for people to see. I don't, I would not recommend doing six cups. You're gonna damage your adrenal glands and your heart. <laughs> your body can can only take so much but it's a lot of caffeine so for the people out there who do drink caffeine don't worry you're okay it's good for you in moderation don't be squeezing your adrenal glands into a raisin it's not worth it because <laughs> there are negative side effects of taking caffeine too long i think a lot of people know that they're too long on caffeine and then they try to quit they're like why do i have headaches which sucks but yeah I love my coffee. I'll never give it up. So I guess uh, one thing I wanted to bring up talking about nutrition is uh, something I've been researching this week, fenugreek. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was just told about this. I never knew about it. So I was told it uh, increases testosterone. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look into this. And luckily there were studies. I mean, there's a lot of things that people say and they're like, uh, this thing increases your testosterone and then you look into it and there's like zero studies and like, yeah. well, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Mm -hmm. But fenugreek has some good studies on it. I've been looking into. Um, and one of the main two things that I really, uh, enjoyed that fenugreek does for you is it lowers your body fat or helps you maintain a low body fat and it does increase your testosterone. So like mm -hmm. ashwagandha, uh, fenugreek does those positive things for you. So, I haven't yet started it, but I'm excited to start it. I think it'll be it'll be good in a journey. Uh, these natural testosterone boosters, I think, are some really cool things. Mm -hmm. And they they just make testosterone in the body more like bioavailable, essentially. So they increase like total testosterone as well, as well as free testosterone. Um, which yeah, I was looking at the study that you sent me on fenugreek because uh, I had no clue, and I thought that like you had said. Because a lot of people are like, oh, this is great for your testosterone. And then you like look it up and you're like, bro, there's no science yet. There's barely any science that you can't tell me this. But there was a lot of science on fenugreek uh, for quite some time. So they've been they've been doing a lot of studies since back since uh, 2011. I found a really good one. And I think there was another one in uh, 2005. Um, but according to the study um, from the National Institute of Health, uh, they showed a significant increase in testosterone, in testosterone levels after 10 hours of fenugreek supplementation. Ashwagandha um, was an eight week. They saw increase after eight weeks. So fenugreek is literally instant. Like it's, it hits the bloodstream like instantly and there's an immediate increase in testosterone. So I'm curious if you're gonna be getting on that this week, I would really like to hear your experience after a week, just what it's like. Cause it's gonna be like, immediate there's a lot there's, I think there was uh, there was a total of six studies I think I read four of them uh, and all four that I read had amazing results on testosterone so and the first one that I read was that they had just seen an increase after 10 hours which I was like that's crazy typically it's like yeah. eight weeks sometimes six weeks 10 weeks 12 weeks but 10 hours that's insane 
So I'm excited to hear your like just anecdotal experience on Planet Greek. Have no, you already bought it? Two days, so wait, I'm what? It. I'm getting it here in two days. It should be arriving at my house, so I'll be on it for five days by the time we record next. So I could give updates, see if I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious though. Like, one thing I thought would be really interesting is if I'm on ashwagandha right now. If I stop taking these natural boosters, you know, let them clear out of my body and then get my blood tested and then take them and then get my blood tested again, I'm curious to see if I could get a big difference and prove personally mm -hmm. that it's something I'm debating whether I should do or not. If it'd be, it'd be cool to look at, but yeah. then again, I don't want to stop the stuff yeah. I'm already on, right? I don't want my to lower <laughs> my T, but... We, yeah, my brother and I have this joke that you can't get through adulthood without ashwagandha. Like you can't make it as an adult without ashwagandha. <laughs> Just because there's like so much stress and like all of the science of ashwagandha is it reduces stress levels, which is a massive like impacting factor on testosterone. Like stress completely kills testosterone. And so to have something that increases like number one of your, your testosterone and then helps you manage stress. Like for the people who are not taking ashwagandha, Obviously, consult a physician before trying any medical advice that we give, but I would highly recommend giving it a shot. If you're stressed at all, if you're just overly stressed in general, if you're like depressed and you want to fire your doctor in 20 seconds or less, <laughs> try some ashwagandha uh, because it is, it's life changing. It's really, really good. I love it. I've been taking ashwagandha for two years now, I think, almost a year. Two years? I don't know. I'm somewhere in there. I've, I've got a bunch of different kinds. My favorite is just the KSM 66. That's like my go-to. You know, standard. It's got a ton of studies. It's, it's backed by a lot of science. It's the go-to for ashwagandha. But, I mean, I like the idea of uh, taking something that helps with your stress, but I don't like the idea of maybe depending on something like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a neuroscientist that I really like, Andrew Huberman. And uh, he talks about a lot of natural release for uh, stress. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people, they'll go to their doctor or their counselor and, you know, talk about their stress or their depression, you know, whatever it is. And then the doctor's like, okay, here's some meds. Here's they just give pills. you like legal heroin, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even exhaust uh, some, because people, I guess we're in a world where we're like, we want instant gratification we want instant relief from our pain uh instant solutions to our problems uh but those aren't always the best solutions because a lot of these meds that you're getting you know your body will realize you're getting these hormones or you know whatever chemicals in your brain and then they're like oh i don't need to make these anymore and then you're dependent mm -hmm. on this medication that maybe you didn't need it in the first place mm -hmm. so why i brought andrew huberman up is because he talks about how uh these natural ways that you could solve these things in your life like stress and depression and a lot of them involve you know drinking water especially like right, right when you wake up mm -hmm. drink like a gallon like a good cup of water right when you wake up like plus uh yeah. electrolytes get your electrolytes in so like a salt water or something like that in the morning is really beneficial getting sun in your day especially mm -hmm. in the morning right after you wake up because it helps your your body your rhythm um, you know, obviously a diet, getting exercise, you know, these are all things that we need to exhaust before we go to the doctor and say, give me some pills, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, you, I think, yeah. yeah, a lot of times we rely on the, the medications, but it's, it, we need to look towards exhausting the natural remedies first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even remember the power stance I was talking about, mm -hmm. um, which I got that from, what was his name? He was talking about, it was a Harvard study that was done. He wrote the book, Unshakable. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's a billionaire. He like talks about it on some podcasts. But the power stance increases testosterone by, I think it was 20%, and reduces cortisol by 25%. And that's the stress-related chemical in the body. And to be able to reduce it by a quarter just by standing a specific way for 120 seconds, just two minutes, to be able to reduce it by a quarter just demolish your stress, a quarter of your stress. I found that in just the week that I was doing the power stance. Every morning, I'd immediately wake up, 
you know, and I, I do my gratitude thing in the morning and I like decided during my gratitude towards myself, whatever I did, I just do my two minutes of like power stance. And it was a huge relief and a huge, like just release in the morning. I felt so good afterwards. So there are a lot of just natural ways that you can just reduce stress. Um, but like, there's also a lot of different life factors that can increase stress, obviously. So like moving, you know, uh, other people have other things that they're going through, whether it be divorces, whether it be like losses or whatever. And if, if you do need something else that helps with stress, ashwagandha is top tier. <laughs> it's one of those I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong, you know, especially no, when yeah, it comes yeah. to these natural things that you're taking, you know, it's it's not horrible. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, exhausting these natural natural yeah. things. Try, and, try uh, natural things before you go to antidepressants and sure. stuff like that. That's and I'm no doctor, I'm just saying that I would, I would implore people to try I would say ninety nine percent of the time, you know, if you focus on these natural health things, it will <laughs> solve your problems. Well yeah, nice. But yeah. Like one thing that I find interesting is, and one question I've always had is, you know, why don't people do what they know they should be doing? And uh, it's an interesting concept because I think people disregard a lot of basic uh, knowledge that we like, you know it, but you don't know it. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting idea because it's just like uh, people that, you know, are having health problems or mental problems or something and they're not getting enough sleep, you know, they're not getting a good diet, uh, they're not going to the gym, and, you know, people may suggest those things, and they're just like, eh, you know, and then it's just like, why do we disregard these things? And I've noticed it in a lot of people, it's just, they don't value these things, and because they don't really understand them. I like to relate it to, like, in a workout, you know, like, for example, uh, I squatted for a while, and uh, I had a decent squat, but I noticed I had a little butt wink, you know, at the bottom. And what I learned was it was, you know, my support. I needed to have better support and breathing and bracing. And something that I knew I should have been doing, but I wasn't doing. And now that I'm doing it, I know, you know, better. Mm -hmm. And so I like to relate it to that. It's just people know they should be doing things and they know they should be exhausting these, these things and these trying these things, these health ideas to resolve their problems, sleeping, eating, exercising, uh, meditating, all these ideas that they could try and they could do, but instead they just like, nah. And unless you do them, you won't really know that that's mm -hmm. the way to do it. So it's an interesting concept I like to think of is, you know, unless you try it, unless you dive into it and learn from it personally, then you're kind of gonna disregard it and be like, you know, that's just something people say, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really, you know, work. Yeah. I think it, a lot of it comes down to just anecdotal experience, personal experience. A lot of people haven't tried it yet. And so they hear these things and they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, man. Like, but they also wanted to slap that instant gratification button that like, what's going to instantly fix this for me? Um, which as we know, after a lot of experience of anything in life, the instant button is always the worst. It always leads to suffering. It may fix your problem temporarily. So people are like, oh, you know, I wanna stop feeling stressed. So they resort to like smoking or something. And typically they're just avoiding something that they need to face, whether it's an uncomfortable conversation, whether it's quitting the job that they hate, whether it's moving out of the place they don't like to be in. And a lot of it just comes down to not taking the action that they need to take and it may be working out it may be going to the gym it may be starting a better diet getting magnesium getting zinc getting whatever it is and it just comes down to the actual experience of the thing and i was talking to uh my old roommate about this um because i'm like there's all this information and he was like dude i was, I was thinking about this is like i didn't see growth in my in my physical performance or in my muscles or anything until i started taking in the adequate amount of protein i'm supposed to be taking it. he's like but it's funny because i knew ever since high school, how much protein, but I just never did it. And he's like, it's crazy because like people always told me like a, like a, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. He's like, I knew this, but I never did it until like recently. 
And he's like, now I'm seeing the growth. And I'm like, dude, it just comes down to like trying the thing and actually knowing. Because you, you can know a thing, but you don't actually know the thing until you do the thing. So it's like, oh, I know creatine helps, but I don't actually take creatine, so I don't know it helps. Like, oh, yeah, apparently creatine will help with that, but I don't know it helps because I haven't actually done it. And I think a lot of it comes down to actually knowing these things because we get told all of this information and our body tries to remove information as fast as possible unless there's an immediate value to it, unless it is actually going to help us and we can assign value to it quickly and utilize it, our brain's just going to like let it go. It's just going to come in and just let it go. Cool, whatever. Somebody told me this. I don't know if it actually works. But until you actually utilize it and know, like personally, People just don't know. They genuinely don't freaking know. And I was telling them about this. Is The sad thing is, is a lot of the people in life nowadays, they just don't know. They just do what they've normally done or what their parents have told them to do. Like if I had, if I had stuck with what my mother tried to feed me as a kid, like I would be in a terrible position physically. But because I fought against that and I was like, no, I'm going to do things this way. My trainer told me this way. My I had three trainers my senior year in high school. I had three physical trainers that were just like, this is what you should do. And my mother was like, no, they're all crazy. And I'm like, this guy just won three competitions. This dude looks great. This dude looks great. Like, they all look phenomenal. I would rather do whatever they're doing and try it, even if it sounds outrageous. Like, the 8 to 12 eggs a day, I was like, frig it. Let's just try it. And I saw amazing results. I'm like, this is what I wanted. And But if I had stuck with what my parents had told me, the limited information that they have, I I would be in a horrible position physically, a horrible position physically. And it's just because people don't know. They genuinely just don't. And it's it's not their fault. It's more of just the system's fault that didn't educate them. I say this all the time. Everybody's health teacher, not everybody's, but at least my health teacher and the, all of my friends' health teacher was just a gym teacher that taught the class for the extra $80 or the extra like credit on their like resume or whatever. And all they told you to do was pull out the health book, turn to page 49, fill out the questionnaire on a piece of paper, turn that in, keep following them to like a 30% in the classroom. They didn't teach them anything. So a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I think that like it's, you know, a gram of protein per like pound of body weight. And you ask them, like, how much do you weigh? And they're like, 180 pounds. It's like, how many grams of protein are you taking a day? And they're like, I don't know, like 40? It's like, well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> like, you want to grow? And they're like, yeah, but... I'm just, you know, bring it. It's like, there's the science. Try it. So yeah, I feel like unless you see the outcomes of your actions, you're unlikely to continue those actions. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with the instant gratification world we live in, uh, you're unlikely to wait for the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I can relate it to. I lived in a apartment with like 11 other dudes for several years and the cool thing is I set up a home gym there and a lot of them were like yeah and they were motivating me to get that home gym and they're like yeah I'm gonna work out with you and just to see the guys come and go of like they'll work out a day and then they'll never work out again and then you'll get Mm -hmm. the guys that will work out a week and they'll never work out again and to see the guys actually commit it's it was rare i i never saw it and it turned out like a lot of those guys ended up despising me for having that gym in the in the apartment when they were motivating me to get it and it's an interesting idea is just unless you wait and have the patience to wait through the process and see the results of your continuous actions you're unlikely to continue those actions mm-hmm. and even maybe despise them and deny them because you were unable to get those results that you thought you deserved mm-hmm. it's an interesting idea and see that's the thing is like just personally speaking when i started when we started lifting in eighth grade together because that's when we started training i didn't see results until my senior year in high school it took me four years to see results like and i my freshman year i was working out for three hours a day just to try to get a six-pack i was like i just want a six-pack i remember we were doing hundreds upon hundreds of reps of ab workouts and we were trying everything and we we were doing a lot of things wrong when it came to our diet um but it took repetitive failure to actually figure it out and actually see results and it doesn't happen immediately like unless you've got great trainers and you follow you know a lot of their diet nutrition like right off the bat 
it's going to take repetitive failure. It's going to take a long time. I didn't see results for four years of training, four years of training before I saw any results. I lost weight, yeah, I stayed thin. People can say that was results, but muscle structure-wise, there was barely any development for four years. And it was really, really disheartening, but I wasn't gonna give up because my brother had a six pack and I wanted one. I was like, I'm getting that, whatever it takes. I don't care if it takes me 10 years, I'm getting it. And some, like you said, like people will try for a day, a week. It's like, who's actually willing to try for four years before they see results? Not many people. Well, you gotta look at, I don't wanna demotivate people, but why didn't you see results for four years? Like, what were you doing? Were you doing something wrong? So this is the thing is I wasn't, number one, let, that's a great topic. The reason I wasn't seeing results is I wasn't on top of my diet. I was not on top of my diet. And they say, when it comes to training, when it comes to the physique you want, it's 80% diet and 20% training. And there's nothing more true in my life. Like there has been nothing more true in my entire life. Like I can maintain a great physique working out once a week if I wanted to, as long as I keep my diet optimal. If I sacrificed my diet and I were training only once a week, my physique would go to absolute shit. And I, I personal testament of this. There's been times in my life where six months I was only working out for once a week. And people are like, how are you staying in great shape? And I'm like, I just keep my diet. Like I stay on top of that. And so for the four years that I didn't see results, number one, I wasn't on top of my protein intake. I was not paying attention and not on top of my protein intake. And I didn't see results until I hit that protein intake, until my trainer at the time was like, hey, you need, you, you're a hundred and like, I think it was 180 pounds at the time. And I was like, I want to get to 200. He's like, eat 200 grams of protein a day. And I was like, okay, like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You look great. So let's try it, you know? And I did. And I immediately started seeing results. And I was like, this is interesting. But I was like, tired a lot. And he was like, make sure you're drinking your water. And I'm like, okay. And then it was like, came down to like my salt and my macronutrients. But I, the reason I didn't see results was number one, my diet was crap. I was eating Pop-Tarts, ramen noodles, like, you remember, like, in high school, we didn't give a damn about what we were eating. We were walking to Maverick and drinking a, a Monster and eating three freaking Twix bars and Heath bars and three Musketeers, getting that, like, three for four dollar deal. And those were our meals. I mean, that's what we ate, because we didn't know. But it wasn't until I attacked the diet that I saw results in an incredibly short amount of time. And I've actually tested this with people. So... I had this good friend named Jimmy. And when I first met him in the gym, he was 17 years old. And I was at like the peak of my like physical health. This is when I was on that pre-workout. I was eating 200 to 250 grams of protein a day. I was going hard. I was, I was, I remember I was at around, I think it was 210 pounds, 215 inch. I was pushing to 225. And I walk up to this kid and I was like, hey, man, because he was working out and I could tell he was struggling a bit. He was with his brother. And I was like, what's your goal? And he just points at me. He goes, I want to look like that. And I was like, all right, do you want the tips and tricks? And he's like, yes. And I was like, hit 200 grams of protein a day and let's start training together. And this kid, without fail, religiously hit that immediately. He went home, bought everything he needed, bought the protein he needed, got the beef, got the salmon, got everything. He's like, what else do I need? And he religiously followed it. I was like, okay, like you're gonna listen? I'm gonna give you all of it. I'm gonna give you the whole everything. I'm gonna give you every ounce of knowledge that I have and I wanna see how fast we can maximize your physique. Within six months, we put 20 pounds of muscle on this kid. And he was like, he was catching up to me so quickly. It was scaring me, it was bothering me. I was like, shit, this kid's gonna lift more than me. Like he went from a single plate on either side of squatting to three plates on either side. 345s on either side. He was blasting through like weight. I remember he went from a 35 pound on uh, upright press on either arm to 70 pounds on either arm within like four months of training. It was crazy. And his gains just seemed absolutely like anabolic, just insane. And people were like, dude, you're on steroids, you're on steroids. He's like, no, I'm just following his diet. And it was the coolest thing to see that fast of a change in a physical body just by following the proper diet and then training. We were training really fucking hard though. Like we were training really, really hard. So if you have a homie to train, that's great. But it was because we maximized his diet at the time that we saw the results within six months. He was shredded, he was massive. 
kid got jacked out of his mind. And he loved it. He absolutely just reveled in it. He loved the way he looked. But it did come down to maximizing his diet and figuring out what he was supposed to eat. And when he listened to it, when he did it, the results were like instant. They were right there. People hear these things and they go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, protein. But if you actually implement it, even for two weeks, you'll start seeing results very quickly. Two weeks, you're like, my energy levels are up. I'm putting on muscle mass. I have more energy in the gym. I'm sleeping better. Just applying them for a short amount of time and actually applying them consistently, the results are there. You'll see the results a lot quicker. But don't be like me, four years of training and not maximizing diet and complaining that you're not seeing results. Because the reason you won't see results in that instance is because of a lack of proper diet. Yeah, I think I have a similar experience. I mean, I was working out. Mm. I've been working out for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I've been working out, you know, 10 plus years and not really... I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't have results because I was I was fit, you know, I was in shape. Um, but I would say I would always ask myself, like, I've been working out for ten plus years. Why am I not, you know, absolutely jacked? Why don't I have so much muscle? And it wasn't until recently that I was like, you know, maybe a year ago, I was like, I'm gonna get three thousand calories I'm gonna eat a day, and I'm gonna get, you know, over two hundred grams of protein a day. And I started doing that, and then the amount of progress I was able to make was insane. And so it just comes to show is just uh, you got to apply the knowledge of something too. I mean, if you say, you know, I want to be in shape, and you just go to the gym and start working out, and you start kind of do that blindly, it may not bring the results you want. And you may end up, you know, being four years before you actually, because you need to dive into both ends of it. You need to go into it and have patience, but you need to be studying it, you know. You know, if you're like, I want to have a more calm life, I want to meditate. So you go, you just go sit down in a forest and you just sit there for half an hour and a few days, then you're over it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not working because you need to study. You need to dive into it. You need to learn how to do it. What are the tips and tricks? Because I feel like with anything like working out, meditation, you know, say you want to better your sleep. There's so many things you could dive into anything, little things mm-hmm. that you could do to to help yourself. And you have to study it. You have to educate it. You got to find mentors, inspiration, sources. You know, you gotta, and that's the only way you're gonna be able to grow. You can't just rely on yourself. You gotta, you gotta find other people that will help you. Mm-hmm. I think mentors is a huge thing. Pick the people that you really, really like. That was me. I like looked at a couple of people. I'm like, they've got great physiques, and I asked them, I'm like, what are you doing? How do you look this way? And they would give me the information. A lot of people, they do this in the gym. They go up to the dude who's really big. They're like, what are you taking? How are you so big? And they're like, get your protein. They're like, oh, cool, whatever. And they just like let that pass. But if if you want to look like somebody, pick the person. Ask them what they're doing. Or do you want the specific success? Say somebody's making $100 You're like, I want to make $100 What are you doing? Ask them the questions. Implement the process. Like, it's very simple. And a lot, this is another thing is like, People will be like, oh, well, my mom said that I shouldn't be or I should be drinking such and such or I should be eating this. And it's like, okay, what does your mom look like? And they're like, uh, well, and it's like, does she look like the optimal physique that you want? Not to disrespect your mother, but does she have the optimal physique that you want? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, then why are you listening to her? It's like, well, it's my only source of, like, my reference point. Well, pick somebody else. I'm sorry, but, like, well, what about your father? Do they look like what you want? No, he doesn't either. Then are they a good reference source? No. So pick the things you want to look like, the performance you want to achieve, and follow their advice. Don't be following the advice of people that you don't want to look like. You, this is a huge thing in the gym. That you hear about, especially amongst the young people. Like, oh, well, my mom or my dad. And it's like, okay, what do they look like right now? Like, well, they, they're not right now but before in high school or in college it's like i don't care what they look like in college i don't care what they look like in high school how are they right now what's their physique like right now is it optimal is it max performance no okay then don't listen to their advice i'm sorry but like health experts if they're an actual health expert they will exhibit that genetic expression for the entirety of their life and they will do everything in their power to maximize their genetic potential for the remainder of their life doesn't matter if they're training once a week doesn't matter if they're training all week. If they know what they're doing, their body will present it. Their their physical expression will present it. 
And this is, it just comes down to like, who do you want to look like? And if, if it's not your mother, if it's not your father, find somebody else and find a lot of people. Don't just pick one, pick up to five people and cross reference things that you're learning. I like this person's physique. I like this person's physique, this person, this person, and this person. I want to look like somewhere in between these people. Here's the, all of the information that they're giving me and start dissecting it all. Start put, writing it down and like, okay, I should be eating this much protein this many carbs and this much fats, and I should be optimizing these things. But do not take advice from people that do not have an optimal genetic expression and they have not been treating them, their bodies well because they don't know what they're talking about. And I'll say that straight up to anybody who's like, oh, well, I was told, and it's like, first of all, you don't look like the way I want to look, so I'm not taking any of your advice. And not to be a dick, it's just straightforward. I don't want to look like that person, so I'm not going to take their advice because obviously their advice isn't working. And I, yeah. not to be a dick, but this is just plain and simple. I like, <laughs> I like to think of it as, uh, you know, there's two ways you learn in life. Uh, one is you learn from your personal experiences, or two, you learn from, uh, you know, what someone tells you, or, you know, from other sources. But I feel like, if you're able to find someone that does those both, you know, they've learned something from somewhere else, they apply those things, and now they have the perfect knowledge of, well, no, I wouldn't say perfect knowledge, but they have a good understanding of those things. Those are the mentors you should be looking for because they actually hear things and they actually apply them. Because it's not saying that someone doesn't know something because they heard it from somewhere else or got it from a different source but they don't understand it as well as those who've applied it into their lives and are practicing mm -hmm. it because those type of people are the people you need to look for because they're experiencing the results. You know, you want to find mentors who have the successes that you want to have. Mm -hmm. And that those are the people you need to look for is the people that know what they're doing and mm -hmm. are always looking to improve what they're doing from other sources as well. And then applying those things and continually growing. I think that's the best way to grow. And you personally apply that principle as well. You know, you hear something and you practice it and then you hear something else and you practice it. You just keep building up like that, like a building block. So, Yeah. That's also why I think it's important to have at least five mentors because then you can cross reference things. Cause I, I had a trainer when I was 17, he was like, yeah, I'm taking this. I can't remember what he said it was, but it just sounded sketchy. And I was like, mm, let's cross re reference to my other four trainers. And they were like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I can't remember. It was some dragon something. I can't remember what it was called. But he's like, yeah, take this. Like, you'll see gains real quick. And I was like, yeah, cross reference. And I cross referenced with a couple of my other trainers. And they were like, mm -mm, it's going to destroy your testosterone for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, don't touch it. So it's good to have multiple reference sources. Don't just listen to one person. Pick a couple people. And the information they give you, write it all down, cross-reference, and do your research. And then start applying. Don't just start applying everything you hear. Because some people will have ways that they got somewhere by slapping that instant gratification button. And you'll be like, that, he's got great growth. But is that optimal? I know that there's a lot of things going around right now. Um, for years, it was like, I know recently, couple years before, it was like SARMs. A lot of guys were taking SARMs. And I had a buddy who was like, yeah, you should take it, you should take it. And I'm like, there's not enough information out there yet. I can't find any studies. Because for me, I won't put anything in my body unless there's at least 10 years of like backed studies, no adverse side effects. Like, And even then, I won't ever do injections. I won't ever do anything like that. Number one, I hate needles. Won't ever, I won't put anything externally like that. I, I prefer to look for things that natural sources, if I can get it in a natural source, if it's a vitamin or trace mineral that's like optimal, that's been studied for 10 plus years, that's like, oh yeah, the body does need this, then I'll start like looking into it. But if it's something that's fairly new, uh, I'm not gonna trust it, I'm sorry. Like not to be a dick, but like, I had a lot of friends who are like, yeah, SARM, SARM, SARMs, try it. And I'm like, ah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just watch what happens first. And I got to see what happened. I had a buddy who was on it for, I think, a year and a half. His gains were great. They were beautiful. And then he ran out of money. And this is a big thing about, about people who decide to take these, like, androgynous or whatever. What was it? Selective androgen receptor modulator something. I think that's what they were called. SARMs. And he ran out of money for his SARMs. And within six months, his gut exploded. Like, 
massively. And this guy had been training shredded to the like shredded to the bone since he was 14. And he got on SARMs and then ran out of money, wasn't able to pay for his SARMs or whatever, and his physique went to shit. And I was like, there's my sign, I'm not taking it, I'm not touching it. And and then I watched it down the line, a bunch of other guys in the gym who were taking it, and they they ran out of the money for it, and their physique went to shit. And I'm like, I see, not touching it. Like, I figured it out. And there's more things right now. I know right now the big thing is peptides, okay? I'm hearing a lot about peptides. Personally, I'm not gonna touch them. I'm not saying that they're, they're not you know effective. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, for me, I have not seen enough studies and enough science to even touch peptides. All I know that there's like natural peptides in like bone broth. Like you can buy bone broth from like Albertsons. It's just literally like spices and whatnot. Then they take the bones of cows and just boil them so that they can get like a salty broth. And that's been used for 30 plus years to cook rice for bodybuilders. And it's been studied, it's healthy. It has small amounts of like natural peptides from the bones or whatever, but they're not like injecting peptides. So like, that's kind of something that I do take. I will eat bone broth, that's fine. That's something that's been used for a long time. But as per like specific lab made peptides, I'm staying away from until I see the actual effects of the guys who run out of the money for the peptides. Because when you're not on this stuff, that's the big thing. That's the huge thing I notice is they're like, yeah, it costs X amount of dollars. And I'm like, what's the science behind this? And why is that so expensive? Number one. And if you run out of money and aren't able to take that, what happens to your body? Because that's my question. And that I love to see what happens afterwards. I love to see the actual effects of these things. Because you see it all the time. Like there was a point where like Jack 3D was the thing. There was like, yeah, there's this pre-workout Jack 3D. And I'm like, I'm a wait. I'm gonna wait on this one. And then the science came out, and there was an incredible amount of amphetamines in Jack 3D. It was just meth. It was just like pure meth. And we were like, great gains. And I'm like, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on that one. And I've consistently, every single time that I've decided to wait, that I'm like, there's not enough science, I'm gonna wait. Each, not every single time. There's been other things that have been good, that have like, you know, We've been like, okay, that yeah, I see positive effects on whatever, whatever, but majority of the time it's been like, you ran out of money and I now see the negative effects when you're not on it, I'm not touching that shit. And I think that's that's a huge thing is patience. An incredible amount of patience when it comes to like training and getting the results you want. You should be patient on the things that you're putting in your body. Be patient on like what you're going to take. Do your research. But on the new things that come out, I always tell people, I always tell people to exercise their caution and, and wait. Just give it a little bit, especially the new things. Whatever the new thing is, give it time. Let the science actually come out for five, six, seven years, maybe more, and then be like, okay, it is safe. Even when you get off of it, there's no negative side effects, okay? Then maybe consider it. And as always, consult your doctor before taking anything and don't trust anything from the fanny packs of shady locker room trolls don't trust any of those <laughs> yeah, i think anything that if you stop taking it and has bad side effects yeah avoid that stuff yeah i mean that's obviously not good for you but yeah let other people try it let other people try those new things those new experimental features don't risk <laughs> it let watch them though watch them see their side effects it may work and then down the road, maybe try it. Mm. But yeah, let, let other people make those mistakes. Don't do mm. it. Don't dive into that. Be patient with them. Just wait till they don't have the money to buy the thing and then see what happens. Like watch the body be like, that was an interesting reaction. Like that was scary. Definitely don't want to mess with that. Because I have been lucky with that mindset. Because I've had that mindset, mindset since I had one of my first five trainers that I ever had. Because he was like, yeah, take this. And then I cross-referenced with my other four trainers. Because I had three in the beginning. One of them, he was all natural for like three years. And then he started taking some extra crap. And he's like, yeah, take it. And I was like, eh, I'm a cross-reference. Because at the time, I had five at that point. And I was like, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, don't touch it. It's new. Don't touch it. Wait till more science comes out. And I'm like, okay. And I stuck with that mindset for everything that started coming out. People were like, try this. It's great. I'm like, mm, it's new. 
let me give it some time. Let me let the science settle in. And I am so grateful that I've used that for all of the different nutrients and things that I've put into my body. All of the natural things, I wait for at least 10 plus years of a back studies, back science, and I also watch it in other people first. I'm like, let's see what happens when you don't take it. Because that's a huge thing. Once you get off of it, if there's huge negative side effects, I want no part of that shit. Because there will be times in your life when you can't afford your supplements. There will be times when shit hits the fan and you can't buy your supplements. And I want to make sure that if I can get off all my, if, and this happens all the time when I can't buy my protein. Like there's been times in my life where just things went to shit and I can't get my 12 pounds of protein that I buy like literally every month. But I'm fine. I'm physically fine because I can eat my normal, you know, protein in my day. My vitamins, I can sometimes, I'm like, ah, I don't want to buy all my vitamins or whatever. So I don't have to take them and I'm fine. There's no negative side effects. Some be a little more irritable. Maybe my sleep's not the best, but my body's not going to shit. Like, everything's fine. That's, that's a huge thing is if you can still perform off of your vitamins, off of your creatine, off your protein, if you can still perform, sweet. That's great. That's what you want. You don't want something that completely demolishes your physique once you get off of it. Those things are the things you should completely stay away from. That's why, like, I've got buddies that are on, uh, what is it, testosterone replacement therapy? They're on, like, testosterone injections. I know that's new, and I know they're like, oh, no, there's a bunch of science. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll watch this one play out. I'm not saying that there's any negative. I'm not saying that it's not back. I'm just saying I'm going to wait for this one to play out. I'm just going to watch. And it's still an injection, though, and it's like, no, nah, man, don't. Fuck that. That's scary. <laughs> it's, yeah, really injections, those are, yeah. I feel like if you have to inject it... It's unnatural. I'm trying not to judge. I'm trying not to be a dick. But it's just not not, not something I want to touch. That scares me. I don't like needles. I got one tattoo, and it's like, I cried the whole time. I had my friend bring me Capri Sun and chips because I was being a little bitch during that whole tattoo. And it's not even a big tattoo, and I want to do the rest of my arm, and I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I was just, I remember when they were removing a, a small uh, tumor on my rib cage, and they're like, all right, we're going to put this numbing injection on your, on your right here. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And they're like, no, it's the smallest needle. It's going to be okay. And I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. They're like, you want this tumor removed? I'm like, ah, just, just cut it out. Just, just cut the tumor out. I don't want the, I don't want the numbing. I don't want the needle. Just use the knife. And they're like, you'd rather have us just cut it out. I'm like, just, just cut it out. Just, I don't want the injection because I don't like needles. I'm terrified of needles. Just a thin metal object like entering the body. No, thank you. They still gave me the like numbing agent, but I like, it goes still just like, oh my god. Just <laughs> do acupuncture. No. No. I know there's tons of years of science on acupuncture, and it is beneficial, but I am, I can't. There's no way. No way I would let somebody stick all those needles in my body. That is terrifying. It is scary as hell. Fuck that. No, thank you. No, I, the testosterone replacement thing, I've got a buddy who's doing it right now, and He's still on it. He hasn't run out of the funds for it, but I'm just waiting for it to run out so I can see what happens. Even then, I just want to see what happens to him. I just want to be like, what's next? <laughs> Sit back and watch. Oh, shoot, man, what? I don't know what to do. 60. So let's, let's go over the um, our goals. How have you been doing on your, uh, your physical goal? Your 25 pull-ups. I, I got them yesterday. You got them? Pushed through it. Yeah, I mean, I still feel tight in my lat because I injured it. Mm. But I, I pushed through it. It was good. So I'll nice. go from there, try to get better. It's 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 good to finally be able to do something after not being able to do it, though. Yeah. So I'm happy I was able mm. to push through that. It's a good victory. It's... it's satisfying when you lose something for a little bit some sort of thing that you're able to accomplish and then you like get it back after you've lost it what about your intellectual goal um 
I didn't quite get there. <laughs> what? But, you know, I made I made some progress, but we recorded our last episode a little late, so I didn't really have a lot of time to get to it. But that's not an excuse. Yeah. Um, you want to attack that one this week then? Yeah, I'm gonna reset that goal for this week. Hopefully, okay. tackle that, get that done. Okay. Um, let's like let me reset a physical, I guess. Uh, mm. Here, I'm gonna focus on some supplements this time. I'm gonna well, obviously, I'm gonna start fenugreek. Mm-hmm. See how that goes. And I'm gonna aim for potassium. I'm gonna try to get my potassium. I, I realize it's been lacking, so I'm gonna aim for 4,700 uh, mm-hmm. milligrams of potassium a day. Try to get that done. So that'll be my physical. Okay. And you're starting to fenugreek, so I'm excited to see how that goes after a week. Sure. Um, okay. What were your goals? Okay, so physical, like you said, we recorded a little late, so I still want to continue my diet. I've been great on my diet. I've hit over 200 grams. I've been consistent at about 250 grams. Um, so I want to stay, just re-attack that for this week. Training is optimal. Training is fucking amazing. So n- number one, just keeping my grams of protein high for this next week. Obviously, all everything else will fall into place. Um, so just keep that one for physical, just because I, I want to see the growth. And then for intellectual, I have not started the book because I only have it on audiobook. Um, and I don't want to do audiobook this time. I did it, the secret audiobook last time. I want to do the physical book. So I'm, I've been waiting for that to arrive, but here on the island it takes, like, sometimes it's quick, but sometimes it's like two weeks. And I've been waiting for it to come in. I don't know if it's going to come in by that time, so I'm just going to, I've decided today, I'm like, I'll just start the audiobook, and wherever I get to when the actual physical book arrives, I'll just start from there, or continue from there. So, have not started on my intellectual goal, so resetting that one. Uh, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne is is the uh, book that I want to read this week. So, sweet. I think those are pretty damn good goals. (laughs) I'm excited to see the fenugreek. The, the results of that just get all the way I'm just going to come back just absolutely shredded and I know I know well hopefully both of us have put on some good gains well I'm I'm cutting so not, that's kind of hard for me alright well I know we've got things to get to so go ahead and sign off 2 Minutes to Life and we'll see you guys next so week